0: Learn more at marines.com.
1: It's Monday, August 30th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hines of the Indians last uh, last night, I guess you could say. Uh, because of the rain delay, uh, played a little bit later than they were uh, originally scheduled to. Uh, But the comeback win, uh, the 30th come from behind win of the season for the Indians, uh, really kind of a a thrilling night at the ballpark for uh, everybody involved to see the Indians sort of uh, lurking, waiting, waiting and and just unleashing their offense there uh, after the sixth inning. Uh, Jose Ramirez got it started.
0: Yeah, uh, and just uh, an interesting game, Joe. I mean, uh, you were there uh, to take us through the highlights of this thing.
1: Well, well really, it was sort of the tale of like three different kind of ball games. And, and you started off with the the weather delay and you know we were all geared up for a first pitch and we had the national anthem going and and everybody's ready. and I think Eli Morgan was even you know warmed up and ready to go. And then uh, the, the sky sort of opened up. They, they got the tarp on the field. And uh, lo and behold, we've got a three-hour uh, and 10-minute rain delay. Uh, and, and then after that, it was Boston sort of taking over. Rafael Devers uh, hitting the first inning home run. And and they built a four-run lead. And the Indians looked like they were going to get no hit again. That was that was uh, the, the basis of the whole uh, you know sort of angle of uh, covering the game there for the, the first five, six innings of the game was Tanner Howe. For Boston, uh, did not allow a, a, a hit. Uh, had 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 a lot of traffic with walks and hit batters and whatnot, but uh, no breakthroughs until Ramirez stepped to the plate in the uh, sixth inning and and drove one out of the ballpark.
0: Yeah, thirty-one home runs for uh, uh, Jose, and he's had a heck of a uh, August. Uh, just a big, big August for for the Indians third baseman, and maybe has put himself back in contention to get some uh, MVP votes. What do you think, Joe?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think he's definitely a down-ballot candidate. Uh, Devers himself, I, I was saying, was, was was no slouch. Two home runs in the game for him, and and he's got 32 on the year and something like 96 RBIs. But Ramirez has uh, 13 multiple extra base hit games this year. Uh, that's tied for third in, um, in baseball behind Shohei Otani and Marcus Simeon. Uh, his 31 home runs are tied for the eighth most in the majors right now, and his 32 RBIs since July 23rd are the second most in the American League during that span. Uh, only Sal Perez, who I think uh, is literally on fire right now, and the Indians will, will see him uh, tomorrow. Uh, Sal Perez has 36 uh, entering uh, Sunday. So so really uh, the, the late offense, but really the, the game sort of hinged on uh, one of the crazier plays you're you're gonna see um, with the Indians having uh tied the game on an Austin Hedges home run. Uh then with Mercado on first base, Yu Chang gets into the game and and sends a, a a ball into the left field corner and then all hell breaks loose.
0: Yeah, just uh I was I've been watching the replay a couple times and Mercado just uh you know kind of ran into the uh Uh, The Boston second baseman shoved them aside and uh, kept going. I think uh, the third base coach uh, recognized that interference had happened and waved him home. Just even though, you know, that he probably had a pretty good idea. It was going to, the throw was going to beat him to the plate.
1: Right. And what DeMarlo Hale uh, acting manager, DeMarlo Hale said after the game was it was a timing thing because Mercado was running full speed the whole time that uh, enabled the, Hudson to, to make that call and send him home regardless because he knew that the umpires couldn't say well he had slowed up and he wouldn't have scored on that ball to the left field or whatever uh, because Mercado was running full speed it made all the difference and and Hudson made a, a heck of a, a call there to, to send him home Mercado was tagged out at the plate but as soon as he was tagged out at the plate uh, I believe it was Nick Lentz the home umpire uh, you know ruled him interference immediately and uh, and the Indians had had the lead at that point, six to five.
0: Yeah, it reminded me, you, you rarely see that play, that call, Joe. It reminded me of the World Series uh, between, I think, St. Louis and Texas when there was an mm-hmm. interference call at third base and, and the run was awarded. Uh, you know, the third baseman, I, I can't remember what the Cardinals first baseman or the uh, Texas first base, Texas third baseman, but one of them was, uh, you know, was a call for interference and the run scored.
1: Right. Uh, And talking to Mercado after the game, he thought, uh, I I believe uh, Anderson, the uh, the Boston pitcher was standing on third base. So he had not only been interfered with (laughs) by Munoz, the second baseman, but when he got to third base, the the pitcher was standing on the bag and he got interfered with there as well. He sort of slowed up again. And, you know, he might if the third base, the interference hadn't happened at third base, he might have scored uh, you know, regardless of the, the play, because he said he was taking a peek at Kyle Schwarber down the left field line to see where the ball was.
0: Yeah. Uh, and he kind yeah. of pulled up a look like lame or something. It looked like he may have pulled a hammy or, or something when he came around third base. Well, we didn't get any indication as to that. Uh, we'll, Maybe we'll, just broke stride, you know, when, when the pitcher caused him to break stride, that
1: was sort of the, the, the impression that I got. Yeah. Uh, we're not there. We're not, we're not at that point. If, Uh, after the Jose Ramirez home run in the sixth inning, um, how sort of the the wheels fell off the cart at that point. Uh, He hit Framil Reyes. He hit um, Bradley Zimmer with pitches. Uh, Those two advanced on a ground ball and were at second and third with two outs for Wilson Ramos. Uh, Ramos, who, you know, he he came on like gangbusters when he joined the club, uh, hit a couple of home runs and was looking, uh, you know, like a great pickup at the plate. Uh, Since then, he had been kind of, uh, you know, struggling a little bit uh, on offense, but this time he delivered a two-run single, and, you know, that brought the Indians within a run at that point uh, before Devers put them out in front again.
0: Yeah, uh, give us an update on uh, Ramos's condition. He, He left the game with a looked like a knee injury.
1: Right. So in the seventh inning, uh, Ramos fielded what was like, sort of like a swinging bunt out in front of the home plate. Uh, and he threw to second base to get a force out there. It was a really nice play, but the replay'd show his, his plant leg, his left leg, uh, the knee sort of buckled a little bit. He immediately fell down on his stomach. He was rolling over in pain. Uh, the Indians trainers were out there for a few minutes and they carted him off the field. They, they sort of walked him off. Uh, we didn't have a, 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 you know, a definitive update. Uh, we know it's a knee injury of some sort and that he's going to be evaluated further uh, probably tomorrow as, you know, uh, there might be some swelling in that area and they, they want to get some imaging done. But the, uh, the word from the, the Indians is, uh, you know, nothing more than knee injury and he'll be further evaluated uh, tomorrow. Uh, DeMarlo Hale said he saw the, the look on Ramos's face and, you know, it's not the kind of look that you, uh, you know, you know, a veteran like that kind of knows when something is, is really wrong. So uh, it it really does raise the question. Now, uh, what are the Indians going to do moving forward? You've got Roberto Perez, who has yet to go out on a rehab assignment with his shoulder and, and, uh, and back issues. uh, And you're close to the, to the call up deadline where you can, uh, you know, September 1st, where you can expand the roster and, you know, maybe bring up another uh, catcher or somebody who's not on the 40 man, uh, or, or I'm sorry, who is on the 40 man, um,
0: is Brian LaVarnway an option there for the Indians? Yeah, I would think he he's the next guy in the pipeline, Joe, because, you know, uh, Ramos is a big guy, he's 240, you know, and if you're a catcher, you need your knees, and like you said, you know, he's been around long enough to know if, he, when, when he does something bad, and this is a guy that, You know, had back problems early in the season with uh, Detroit had to go on the IL. So, uh, yeah, I would think uh, LaVarnway is is probably packing his bags right now and, you know, headed to Cleveland or maybe join them in Kansas City or something.
1: Right. Uh, But that, uh, you know, that leads us to, you know, Ramos goes out with the injury and Austin Hedges steps in. And, you know, this is a guy who he, he had an off day. He was sitting on the bench, you know, thinking he's not going to play. Ramos goes down, Hedges steps in, and in his first at-bat, his only at-bat of the game, uh, he, he gets a pitch he likes, and he, he just lofts it out of the uh, the ballpark to the home run porch in left field. Uh, seventh home run of the year for Hedges. And and really just uh, getting praise from DeMarlo Hale for – you know, being a professional, being ready and always be engaged in the game, you know, he could have gone in there with no idea what was going on and, you know, left the Indians exposed uh, from a pitching perspective, not regardless of his hitting, uh, but because he was sort of following along and staying engaged, the Indians uh, weren't, you know, sort of hung out to dry when Shaw came in in the eighth, when Class A came in in the ninth.
0: Yeah, you know, as a backup catcher, you always got to be ready. Those catchers get beat up. You never know when, you know, you're like, you're, 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 you know, a pulled hamstring away from, uh, you know, uh, getting in the ball game or getting called up. And, uh, you know, obviously, that's probably what's happened here. And, and, uh, you know, uh, Hedges has just done a great job for these guys. I know, you know, he's not hitting much average wise, but he's come through with some big home runs. And I bet that had to feel good for him, you know, after, uh, uh, you know, Saturday night or Saturday when, you know, he was one of the guys that struck out in, in the uh in the tenth inning after they loaded the bases with mm. no outs and uh you know at lost that game to the Red Sox to, to be able to come back and come through there late in the game today. That that's got to be a great feeling.
1: Right. And it it sort of says a lot about this team. You know, Boston was a, a first place team for most of the the first half of the season, and uh, there's still a lineup that can, can put runs on the board. And the Indians really did a good job keeping all the games close, keeping them all uh, competitive this weekend, finally coming through, getting a win uh, on Sunday. But, you know, Hedges said afterwards, it shows a lot about this team that they, they think they're in every game still. Everybody, I think, in that clubhouse knows how the season is going and, and what they're playing for, really. But, uh, you know, just the fact that they think that they can still win every game that they're in is it? It says a lot about their character.
0: Yeah, I think you're right, Joe. I think uh, you know they, they these guys have played hard. They you know conceivably they could have won a two or th- two out of three here this weekend, maybe even swept this series. Who knows? But you know every game, like you said, every game was close. And uh, you know they're doing it kind of Joe with with a with a bullpen that looks gassed, or they're they're you mm-hmm. know they're trying to make up for the uh, for the demotion of James Karinchak. You know the only guy that's kind of firing on all cylinders right now is Class A, as you mentioned in the notes. He's having a great second half, but everybody's kind of you know it, it's going to be interesting to see how this pen, you know, gets through this last month of the season.
1: Yeah, they're they're really sort of going to be piecing it together uh, as they go along. You get you gonna have guys like Blake Parker and Brian Shaw pitching big innings. I think Nick Wickern's is going to be leaned on a little bit more. Uh, another guy, Trevor, Trevor again, today came in, uh, they, they had to go short with Eli Morgan because, you know, he had warmed up and then he sat for three hours. You're not going to get too much more. I think three innings was, was a lot to get out of him. Uh, he gave, he gave up the two home runs. Uh, Garza came in, wasn't very sharp for an inning. He threw 41 pitches in uh, his one inning of work. So he didn't give you more than an inning. I think they were kind of looking for something more out of him. Stefan came in and actually saved the day for him.
0: Yeah. And that, he's done that. What? Three times on this homestand, mm-hmm. Joe. Right. I mean, did it against the angels. I think, I guess I was in Williamsport, but right. still in the, still in the homestand. And he did it well, what, uh two and two thirds against Texas and, uh, and, to, and tonight. So, you know, this is, you know, and this is a rule five guy, you know, this is a mm-hmm. rookie as, as raw as you can get. And, uh, you know, he's just he's just, you know, kind of making a statement for this year, but also for next year.
1: Yeah, he's he's he looks like he's found a role for himself in that long man. They sort of stepping in after they traded Phil Maton and and he's that guy, that first guy up that you, you know, if you've given up a few runs and your your pitchers, you know, gone short, maybe you bring him in and he he gets you to the, the middle to the back end of that bullpen.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, he, he has the ability to strike guys out and, and, and they really need that now, especially after losing Sandlin, Nick Sandlin, who, uh, you know, just uh, had that, you know, that sidewinder right hand or he could come in and get, you know, a couple of strikeouts in an inning or in a big situation. They don't have that guy right now.
1: So uh, a lot of things happened at the ballpark. It was a crazy day at the ballpark, just, a, you know, being there for going on 11 hours, you know, at at, at one point, Uh, they, I don't know if you were watching and could hear the hecklers. The the crowd wasn't very, there were 22,000 tickets sold, but by the, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth inning, it was pretty empty, spread out, and you could hear everything anybody was saying. There was a, there were a couple of guys in one of the suites down to the left of the press box who I'm sure on the broadcast and on the radio, you could hear every word they were saying. They were making ridiculous comments to some of the the Boston uh, uh, batters and, you know, uh, telling Bobby Dahlbeck that he was a quote side sleeper as if that was like a (laughs) insult. And, and then they were going back and forth shouting insults uh, from somebody who was sitting down in the, the field box seats and they were shouting gibberish back and forth at each other. It was, really sort of getting on everybody's nerves. And uh, at one point the the guy in the, in the red shirt was sitting, you know, in the the suites, he looked up, he says, Hey Devers, you suck. And then the very, and like, as if it was scripted on that pitch, Devers homered to right field. It was like, and, and, and you didn't hear a word out of the guy after that. I mean, the best way to shut up a heckler is to hit a ball 410 feet into the right field seats. Devers absolutely crushed that ball, and just the 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 embarrassment that not only the guy in the red shirt felt, but it was pretty much everybody in the ballpark. Poinsy, <laughs> what's the what's the best heckle you've ever heard? You you have to have heard. I mean, there must have been days at the old stadium where you could hear every word any one of those guys is saying. God. What's the what's the best fit to print heckle you ever heard? Because I'm sure there are,
0: have been plenty. Oh, I. <sighs> I just remember one time in spring training, um, uh, the Indians had a player thrown out. They were in uh, Kissimmee, uh, Florida, playing the Astros. And Kenny Lofton was yelling at the umpire, uh, uh, you know, for throwing the guy out, and and I think the guy, you could hear the umpire turn around and said, "Hey, you better be quiet, unless you're or or, or no, you you're going to join them." <laughs> <laughs> <And,
1: laughs> they threw a fan out for heckling in in a spring training game. That's that's interesting. Oh, no, no,
0: no. I'm saying I said a player, a player. Another oh, they player. threw a player out.
1: They threw yeah. A, yeah. Okay, so they, they threw an opposing player out.
0: But okay, you know, like in the first game, Joe. uh, Schwarber came up to the plate in the first inning, and the whole crowd was all over him. And, and he hit a home run up, you know, right. he hit a home run up in, in the first inning. Well, over seven, that's seven that's
1: two. nothing new. Uh, Cleveland fans have taken uh, pleasure in booing Schwarber mercilessly. Uh, all series long, they did it. And, uh, you know, there, there are no short memories when it comes to the 2016 <laughs> Chicago Cubs here in Cleveland. Uh, I don't think uh, – Astros and Cubs are the two teams that are going to get booed the most here in Cleveland, even though there were quite a few Boston fans uh, here yeah, for yeah. the series. The Red Sox
0: travel well. They always do.
1: Yeah. I, you know, just remembering here at, at Progressive Field, my, uh, my most vivid memory, I, I guess we we actually gave, uh, was it Troy O'Leary? We gave him a hard time out in right field one year. Me and my buddies just just on him constantly uh giving him a a a real hard time but i remember sitting in the bleachers one year for a game against kansas city and david de jesus was that a a, he was an outfielder he was playing maybe in left field and me and my buddies were just screaming uh you know david de jesus uh you're not de jesus you're barabbas Mm -hmm. like we were (laughs) we were were all over him and he's kind of looking at us all funny and it was It was uh, kind of a weird time. But, again, (laughs) I was was probably no more than 20 years old at the time, so who knows. Anyways, uh, Hoinsey, the Indians, are in Kansas City tomorrow to take on uh, the Royals. Uh, The Royals have actually not been playing too badly. Sal Sal Perez, as we said, one of the hottest hitters in baseball right now, and uh, they open up a a three-game series there against the Royals.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's going to be, you know, they start uh, to the start a September, Joe, the, kind of their stretch run. And uh, I think, uh, you know, they played. I, I can't remember what what their record is against the uh, Royals. Um, I think they're pretty much even Steven a little bit. And um, it should be a good series. It's uh, you know, they always the, the Royals always play the Indians tough for sure.
1: Right. Looking forward to it. Uh, and you'll have coverage from Kansas City. Uh, Zach Plesac against Mike Miner. And we'll talk to you again uh, Tuesday on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast.